Welcome to another episode of Everybody Ought to Know, a spiritual view into family, life, and leadership. Welcome to Everybody Ought to Know. My name is Sean Braley. I'm your host today. We are super excited for this particular episode of Everybody Ought to Know. We have a very special guest whom I'll talk a little bit more about in a minute. Um, but wanted to kind of reference how this all came to be. Uh, myself, Mark, and and our producer, Kevin, when we had the conversation about starting a podcast, one of the very first things that came up was if we ever did, uh, we broached the subject of who would be our guest speakers if we ever chose to have. And almost unanimously, uh, all three of us completely agreed, if we ever had a guest speaker, um, if they were ever to oblige, the first one would absolutely have to be our pastor. Pastor Aaron Dunn, and that is who I'm excited to introduce to you today. Um, Pastor, you want to say a few words? Yeah, hello, everybody. Uh, appreciate this chance to join this show and thank uh, Sean and Mark and Kevin for this chance. I've been the pastor for 11 years here at Broken Arrow, and my wife and I have been married for about 22 years. Her name's Stacy. We have a 17-year-old girl just graduated high school. And we got a two-year-old daughter who is a handful. Uh, Cherica is the baby, and Alexa is uh, our oldest daughter. We like to joke that uh, we have an Alexa that can do the dishes. <laughs> we named her Alexa before Alexa was cool. Uh, love that, Pastor. Thank you so much for filling out that detail. Now, one of the things that struck me when you said that, I uh, thought I'd go ahead and ask. You had mentioned uh, Sister Alexa. Uh, I think she just graduated then a two-year-old sister, Cherica. So you, that was just because you did you had too much time on your hands? Is that what it was? <laughs> you know, God works in mysterious ways. Uh, we, we wanted another child for many years, and for whatever reason, uh, it took 15 years on God's time for her to get here. So I'm, I, I tell people I feel like I'm a dad and a grandpa at the same time. So it's, it's quite fun. As those of you that have listened to this podcast in the past know, we highly value wisdom, so I'm not going to comment on that last thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, you've done such a great job already, Pastor, of just making sure everyone that listens knows a little bit about you. Uh, obviously, those of us involved in this are big fans, but wanted to take a few extra steps, add a few extra questions that we don't normally go over to just kind of get some feedback about you, a feedback about who you are, a feedback about... Um, thoughts on your mind here. Um, there's no need to establish credentials. If you've ever met our pastor, uh, you know, it goes without saying. Um, educated, uh, received both a, a bachelor's and a master's from uh, Brother Wilson, Wilson University, sorry, uh, if I remember that correctly. He'll correct me if I'm wrong. Um, like Pastor mentioned, 10 years here at Broken Arrow and has impacted many lives, including uh, those of us involved in this. But wanted to take a minute, Pastor, to ask a few extra questions that maybe familiarize those that are listening with you and, and thought process and, and what's important to you. Um, I sat down with an elder uh, probably within the last two weeks, and this elder is 90. Uh, for sake of time, I won't talk too much about him, but the thought occurred to me, if I could ask this elder anything and I could pass that along to myself and my family, what would it be? And then I said to myself, well, uh, why start at the age of an elder? Why not just... Go ahead and start asking the questions of all the important men of God in my life. And the first person that came to mind would be my pastor. So the very first question I wanted to ask you, Pastor, is uh, have what scripture have you read recently uh, 
that has really impacted you, really stuck with you? I know there's a volume, but the one that comes to mind most recently. Well, that's a great question. Um, this is live, so to speak, I guess. So um, I would have preferred this question maybe <laughs> before we got in the room. Um, nothing is like jumping to my mind as, as impacting what, let me say this. What I have found myself doing is I've been reading through a new Bible. Okay. Uh, not a new translation, just a new Bible. And I've kind of been methodical to underline keywords and verses that have meant something to me. Uh, a chain of words in, in a passage of scripture. Uh, and so I haven't like let, uh, maybe it's not that I haven't let a single verse really like resonate, but it's kind of been like the whole book. In uh, parts have just really come alive. I remember going through First uh, Corinthians here a couple months back, and it was like, oh my goodness, I got to underline the whole book, <laughs> and, and it just really helped uh, make it more thematic. Yeah, and the linkage of of certain thoughts and how the scripture flowed together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so nothing in particular of that um, key verse comes to my mind. So hopefully that's a passable answer. No, I, I think it's actually a better answer because if I remember correctly, and you and I had talked about this, um, there was a scenario we had talked about where someone got a brand new Bible and started rereading fresh, things that weren't underlined, mm-hmm. things that weren't noted in the scripture because that part, uh, they read it so many times and it was underlined and it was read, uh, the words were highlighted and it just kept coming back to the same thought, coming back to the same thought. It was almost like they were creating a block for themselves accidentally of, well, there's other thoughts that he wants to give you. There's other thoughts, but I keep staring at what I wrote down before. And he wants to bring that scripture alive. Did we have that conversation or did I make that up? No, I believe we did have that conversation. <laughs> so yeah, I think did. I think overall that uh, that answer was better than any I could have hoped for. Uh, next, and I hope this again is not too on the spot. Um, what is... What is a recent, one that you feel comfortable sharing, what is a recent prayer that's been with you, that's really stuck with you over the nights, the days, the weeks, the month, even for this year, if you will, a recent prayer that's stuck with you and that continually keeps coming back to your mind? Oh, man, my, my go-to prayer. I know that's not what you asked, but it's it's kind of resonated again, has been that I pray for wisdom beyond my years. I pray for understanding greater than my experiences, and I pray for knowledge uh, beyond my education. And here the last few years, I had an addendum to that where I would pray. And I'd ask God also to give me a, a conviction greater than convenience and a compassion uh, that was beyond comfort. Mm. That we can get to a place where we can get hard, um, kind of kind of resilient, and, and I, I don't want that to be part of my nature. So those last phrases, I want to be a defender of truth. Absolutely. But in the defense of truth, I don't want to be an abuser of men. Yeah. So that, that give me a compassion uh, has, has been a key um, prayer. I've kind of gone through, let me love people like you love them. Oh yeah. And I love that answer. Um, it reminds me, uh, got one more question before we go into the real meat of this, but got one had this thought that, occurred whenever you were talking is one time I heard a prayer he said I can't remember who it was so I'm not even going to quote it but the speaker said don't ask for things to be easier 
but ask that you may become stronger to endure. And I said, that's really a testament to all of us, I think, as Christians, that we rise to meet the challenge. That's the excellence that God deserves in our life, in our ministry, everything. Uh, obviously, he can help you through those rough storms. Uh, that's not the question. It's simply saying, don't look for the easy way out. Right. And the easy way out would be, well, Lord, take this from me. Well, not if it's for my good. Right. Right. Well, that's the easy way out, obviously, is to avoid adversity. But yeah. we fail to remember adversity is what makes us stronger. Exactly. Uh, people go to the gym uh, to fight resistance, and the resistance is what increases them. And a society that's always seeking for the easy way out has pretty much produced why we have such a weak society. Um, I've, I've chilled at the thought of, my goodness, what if World War II oh. occurred now? Oh, we had to have people that, that came off of the boats to storm beaches. It's like, oh, mercy, we'd be speaking German today. Well, <laughs> it, it, in light of that last particular comment, because we just kind of naturally, I think, walked into it, my last question from, for you uh, before, like I said, we get into the real heart of this is, I was curious if you had a thought, uh, maybe not even a motto, maybe that's not the real, the best way to say that, but something that stuck with you through your life that one time an elder or a mentor or someone that meant something you said that you've carried with you this entire time and, and you'd be comfortable relaying that to us. Uh, so I think my, my dad said it, but I think it originated with my uncle who was a, a pastor of mine actually as a, as a young man that um, the country boy version of it is <laughs> ain't nothing but a step for a stepper. Oh, yeah? Ain't nothing but a step for a stepper. That's the country boy version of it. And I was reading through scripture, and I'm pretty sure it's in Jeremiah where it come across, and it like leapt off the page. And I was like, ah, there's the Bible version of it, <laughs> of it. Uh, where it asks the question, what is the chaff to the wheat? Yeah. And so people that... Uh, people that always complain about what they're staring, they're facing, whatever their you know problem is, and and they allow that to define them. Uh, they they are doing it wrong. The attitude of "ain't nothing but a step for a stepper" is to stop and to process. You know what? I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me, and and I I know that verse is is really talking about being able to live for God when I'm rich or when I'm poor. Mm. Uh, but we've kind of made that a very elastic verse. And it, it's, you know, we've taken it and used it to where no matter what I face, no matter what I'm going through, no matter what I have, no matter what I don't have, I, I can live for him if, if I want to. And we serve a great God who is kind and merciful and gracious to us. Uh, that'll help us wherever. So it kind of reminds me of another phrase where, where it talks about how, you know, the Spirit will never lead you where His grace won't keep you. Amen. And, and I don't know, maybe, hopefully that helps somebody. The country version, um, but what is the, the chaff to the wheat? Hmm. Those that have substance, you, you can't let the stuff that's passing by. Here, here, here's another way of saying it. I can't remember where I caught this, but maybe my dad as well. The question of what is a barking dog to a moving freight train? I think I've heard that one. Yeah, I've probably said it a couple times preaching. What's a barking dog? 
uh, I've even heard it from you or I've heard it from the source, your dad. So that uh, that does speak to me. Out of the mouth of two <laughs> or three witnesses. Well, in summation, uh, amen. <laughs> uh, I didn't know that was the part I was going to amen on, but that's kind of how these things go. So just to tell those of you uh, listening to this, uh, when we go back a little bit, when we had talked first about having Pastor uh, come on and share his thoughts with us, um, it kind of naturally coincided with something that was already happening here at the church. God blessed us. He blessed us with leadership, blessed us with the man of God, and then the opportunity to bring in uh, a brother Jason Carr, uh, who, who does a lot of uh, family teaching, a lot of family and marriage counseling ministry, uh, short plug for him. And it kind of coincided with that time. He's actually here still with us and wanted to also take the same time and give Pastor, Pastor Dunn, the opportunity to give us his thoughts maybe on, on something related to family. And I think uh, he does have something for us. And so I'm going to step back, be quiet, and let him give us the thoughts the Lord gave him. Yeah, so I have, what are we talking, an hour and a half here? Easy, maybe two. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> Uh, I'll echo the amen for uh, Pastor Jason Carr from Beaumont, Texas. Tremendous. And if there's another pastor out there looking for a man uh, and his wife to come and help them, highly recommend. Uh, been a great help for us this weekend. You know, if, if you start going through Scripture, uh, thankfully these days we have um, helps that can do this. You don't have to actually read the Bible and start counting words with a tally mark paper next to you. That would be a tedious process. But when you start looking up words that are uh, familial in, in nature, husband, husbands, wife, wives, you know, you start even use the plural, uh, family and, and mother, father, child, son, daughter. Uh, there's even some references to uncle and, and nephew uh, in scripture, mother-in-law, the word kindred is a familiar word. So you start taking all these words, and, and I know I missed some, uh, but you find that there's over eight thousand references in scripture that would pertain to family wow. the bible's got a lot to say about family and you know you you find adam in the garden he has been tasked with naming the animals uh, in the garden and god looks and sees it's not good for man to be alone mm -hmm. and the answer for this aloneness is family Mm. So I'm going to give uh, man this gift, uh, this gift called a wife. And so the proverb would say, he that findeth a wife findeth a good thing. And, and inherent within the very beginning uh, promise and declaration of God upon humanity in Genesis 1 and 27, where he tells them to be fruitful and multiply and have dominion and subdue, uh, innate within that statement of, of be fruitful and multiply is the notion of family. Yes. You cannot be fruitful uh, when you don't have relationship. Mm -hmm. And just the thought come to me that, you know, family uh, is not something that's randomly thrown together. Mm -hmm. It doesn't just happen by accident. It's a very purposeful thing. It's, it's a united entity. Yes. Uh, to the point you'll get Adam even when he sees his wife Eve. Uh, make the declaration that this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Uh, and then the scripture says, therefore, 
shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. There is a, a united uh, component to the whole marriage relationship, mm. uh, which in turn is connected to the children that would come from that uh, that multiplication yeah. and fruitfulness that they would bear. And uh, feel free to cut me off at any time or ask a question if you want to, but... I'm gleaning from what you're saying. And then I love this thought process. Be, I know it's inspired for many reasons. A, it's my pastor. B, um, Brother Carr mentioned recent, as recently as this morning's service about unity and about the purpose of the family. And to me, um, that is, and allow me a little liberty here to go down this rabbit trail. That is, is so often how maybe the family and the church should be so very similar. The family should have a unity to them that can be seen, that can be testified, that can even be a testimony. Right. Same as the church when someone walks in and they see something different. What A part of what they're seeing is that true unity. And they're working together. They're doing something that the rest of the world only catches glimpses of. And because both of those are, are uni- unified in the way that God intended, that's what really sets it apart from the rest of what the world sees. That's good. You, you can definitely see the hatred of the enemy oh, yeah. for the family because there's been such a full-scale attack against the family. Everywhere we look. Well, divorce, you know, I think it was said in in our either a Friday night or Saturday session where, you know, divorce rates actually less than what it has been at about a 50% average Yeah, and, and made the statement of that's possibly because now people aren't even getting married. Which, yeah. Uh, you know, they're, they're just living together uh, but now you have such a, a a perversion taking place that now it's not even cohabitation of man and woman. No, it, it's it's uh, perverse things taking place, and so with that, with the perversion, there is not uh, a multiplying. There's not a fruitfulness to that. No, and and that's a direct attack against God's original plan uh, through through a mind uh, control. So to speak, not mind control, but but a working of the devil on the mind of people yeah. to twist what is true and what is right and, and allow that to be a, a, an option, yeah. uh, an alternative thought that they would run with. Discord enters in because of how far we've removed ourselves from what God truly intended. That's good. Yeah, there's a, there's an old, oh goodness, he, he is somebody that, if I remember correctly, his name's George McDonald, George McDonald. He is somebody that, uh, C.S. Lewis often would quote from and glean a lot of things from. I want to say he is from the 17, late 17, early 1800s. Uh, George MacDonald said this, The primary necessity to the very existence of a family is peace. Peace. Oh, yes. Peace in our home, Pastor. That's, that's something that's a personal passion of mine, um, both for my own home and those in the church. That should, in my mind, that should be the fruit one of the fruits that we hold so dear. That's the true gift of God. Um, Peace is a fruit of the Spirit? No. I believe so. I need to take notes on that. That's good stuff. Is it not? Yeah, I know it is. I'm messing with you. Sorry. (laughs) When when my pastor asks me and he hits that look, I go, hold on, hold on, hold on. Did I mess up? I believe you were making a joke. (laughs) I I was a poor attempt, but that's what it was. Yes, sir. Uh, But, yeah, with that, I mean... I see our families, just like I mentioned the churches, we're trees. 
We are trees, we are trees, and of those trees comes a fruit. And the, the fruit of peace can't grow and can't be given to anyone else if we don't have it in our lives and therefore don't have it in our homes. Yeah. So. Well, and we, we live in a day and age where there are very few homes with a feeling of peace. There's a tension. Mm-hmm. There, there's an unsettledness there. And, and you can walk into uh, churches today and you can tell whether there's peace there or not. And when there is no peace, there, there really isn't a ability for revival. Yeah. Uh, people are, are too busy stepping on one another, fighting, yeah. uh, upset, offended. And, and there's got to be a, a sense of a unity and a peace that we're all, you know, Amos asked the question, how can two walk together lest they agree? Yeah. There has to be this agreement. And, and that's part of the, the idea of submission of a husband and wife mm-hmm. joining together is they're walking the same direction. Walking the same direction. Yeah. Many, many times when I'll do a, a wedding uh, there's a there's a statement that I will reference, and it's that God didn't take a bone from uh, Adam's head that she would lord over him. Mm. Adam didn't get a bone removed from his foot. I like that. So he could step on her, but it was taken from the side. From his side, so they could walk. They could walk by each other. That's perfect. No, I love that analogy right there, and and I think I've heard you make it before, but just hearing it fresh, uh, there was, it was intentional. It was so intentional how he did that. And to backtrack just a little bit on what you talked about, peace, a thought occurred to me when you were talking, because we've talked about peace, we've talked about unity, we've talked about what submission truly means, which is working together. We've talked about all of those things so far. And one final thought I had from what you just said, the God we serve intended for peace to be a surplus, and the enemy has made it a rarity. That's that's what he's done in, in, in his working in the homes and his discord that he's created throughout the world. God intended for this to be abundant. Right. God intended for it to be everywhere. Everyone that was associated with the kingdom, it was abundance. But somehow, some way, it's a rarity that people are searching for. It's, well, well, it's the thing. I, I didn't mean to cut you off. Sorry. No. One of the things we lost as a consequence of the fall mm-hmm. is peace. I mean, Adam and Eve are thrust into a world of chaos. And exactly. confusion and disorder. I mean, the, the fruit, the fruitfulness of the garden, uh, it was abundance. And they lost all that. And now through the sweat of his brow, you know, the ground is cursed and, mm-hmm. and her labor. Uh, wildebeest have, have babies running and the little mm-hmm. thing hits the ground, rolls yeah. a couple times, gets up and takes off running. We're the only species yeah. <laughs> that it nearly brings the, the, the female to death. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that was a consequence. Uh, of the fall. So there's this loss of peace there uh, just in its natural um, thing that God wanted, I believe, to be there originally for it not to be so hard. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and so trying of a time. Anyone that's that's ever gone through uh, their wife being pregnant have, <laughs> have watched you know, the sleepless night, maybe the, the extra pain, the back ache, all kinds of stuff. There's a disruption to some level of the home. Yeah, uh, because it's a traumatic experience. Uh, there was a peace that was lost. Yeah, but we live in a world without peace. Um, you can't cut somebody off in traffic these days. A- accidentally, let me let me preface that. <laughs> accidentally, <laughs> you know, you you have to get over and you you get over maybe too soon, and somebody they're ready to shoot you. Yeah, because they they don't have any peace. Yeah, they're all on on pins and needles. Anxiety's running high right now. That is, that is the world. That, that summarizes, that ought not be how it is, but that is the world. 
that we live in. And I think it's a reflective of, of the world's homes. Mm. They don't have a sanctuary to go back to. That's true. To, to find comfort from the struggle of the day. That's where true. they can recharge and get revitalized to go back out and do it again. And and I love the word that you use there, sanctuary, because in my mind, in the way I was always taught, and I don't think we'll go too far into this, but maybe I'm wrong, is a home should be like a miniature church. Mm. There shouldn't be too much difference between what you're seeing in the home and what you're feeling in the home versus what you're seeing in the church and what you're feeling in the church. Those should line up because the same God ought exist in both and not have control over both. It's good. I don't think there should be a, a, a major difference between a feeling of the church that's healthy yes. and the feeling of a home. And when you stop and you process, really what Scripture is showing us is that Adam is a type of Christ. The church mm-hmm. is is the bride. Well, Eve... Eve is supposed to be a type of the church in that whenever she's removed from his side, yeah. it's pre-fall. It's without uh. sin. And and fast forward into Ephesians chapter 5. It's it's a lot of people's go-to verse to kind of talk about husbands and wives where it would tell us, wives, submit yourselves to husbands and husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. And then you keep going through that passage and you start finding that Paul, right in the middle of all that, ties back to the Genesis chapter 2 statement where it says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall be, become one flesh. The ESV is, is says it in verse 32, This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. So mm-hmm. that statement said in Genesis 2, I think it's verse 24, mm-hmm. that is prophetic of, of what the church and Christ is supposed to be. And Paul notices that Paul's a master at taking a real day event and tying it back to something of antiquity. Yeah. And, and he doesn't miss it. It is a, a reference to Christ and the church. And it's this beautiful picture of, of them in paradise. Uh, in fact, the name uh, Garden of Eden, Eden itself means pleasure. Yeah. They're in a place of pleasure. Yeah. And, and there's no shame there. Yeah. And, and with the absence, or, or let me say it this way, with the presence of shame, automatically peace. Yeah. Peace is going to struggle. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to be able to get back to that place at an altar. Where do men and women come to get married? They meet at the, at altar. the altar. So when you're coming to the altar, wow. you're finding that connection point again of peace. Yeah. And, and he knows all your, your warts and, and your faults and your failures your shortcoming, and he forgives you and covers you and yeah. loves you anyway. And you get peace back from that. Yeah. And and true husband and wife relationship, true uh, mother-father uh, with children relationship, is none of us are perfect. Nope. But I choose to love you despite your imperfection. Yes. And, and you help me. And how is that not so much like Christ and like the church? And that the love is there. Not that we're worthy of it. Not that we're perfect. But the love is there. So come back. Come back and come closer into relationship that we might be better through a connection and a relationship with Him. That's good. That we might be better through a connection and relationship with each other for Him and the work that we're doing for Him. That's what I see. I can only speak for my family. That's what I see that we're trying to do. And I hope He helps us every day. Because I know 
We need it. It's <laughs> good. Uh, didn't didn't want to cut you off there. I don't think we did, but it, I thought it did add to what we talked about there. No, I I, I like that. I, I read a, another quote that 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 said this: "What I love about my home is who I share it with." Mm. That's powerful. And, and and I think the reason that's powerful is there are moments to this day, and I was telling my wife this. In just, I think, the Friday night session of what we we went through a little exercise um, where Brother Carr asked us, you know, write down what you like about your spouse. And I was writing all these things down, and I think at the very end, I looked, I looked down, and at the very end, I don't know what I meant this way, but at the very end, I looked down, and I had written, to this day, she still makes me smile. Mm. And, and that's there's that sounds so simple, but there are just moments when I will look across at my partner, having been together 16 years, she'll correct me if I'm wrong, uh, having been, been together that long, and I'll, I'll look at her and I'll catch a, a glimpse of her or the side of her face or she's walking across and it, I can't help. I smile. It just, it catches me. And it's not even something I think about so much anymore. It's just, I, it naturally happens. Good. So that that's something that I, I think just... It speaks to me in what you said. That's good. I, I've, I've told people uh, over the years of fixing to get married or, or have gotten married and going to have a child, I'll, I'll say things like, you getting married will help you understand and see things about relationship with God in ways you've never experienced before. Could comprehend you having a child will also help you in ways you've never seen or experienced before. And and as you look at your wife and you, you smile and and she brings you joy. Uh, that's that's how God looks at us. Mm. For those that are walking right, part of that bride that's made herself, uh, you know, spotless, uh, without wrinkle. Uh, she's prepared herself, and I, I think there's a important takeaway from that is we've got to continue to prepare ourselves yeah. for Him, not for ourselves. Yeah. You hit a, on a topic, and, and I'll, I'll try to be more quiet after this, but this was a thought that just came to me. I remember one time attending a wedding to talk about what you talked about there. And I sat there, and, and there's two people I kind of knew, um, but the minister did something so profound. He looked at the young man who, who wasn't necessarily a part of the church before, but had come in in the last couple of years and connected over time, shown, shown the care for the church, the people of God, and this young lady individually. And he, he looked at this young man and he said, young man, I won't use his name. Young man, I don't know if you realize what I've given you. And, and he didn't pull any punches. This was in front of everybody across the microphone. I don't know if you realize what this church has given you. We've given you innocence. We've given you a gift that you can't go out and buy and you can never get back. He said, this is what we've entrusted you with. Now, it's your job to make sure that you keep it prepared. It's your job to make sure you treat it correctly. It's your job to guard it. And so much the more... As we move not only from a husband and wife to a family, wow! What have we been given, and what are we doing with it? It's good. Yeah, that's very good. So, um, with that being said, and I don't want to cut you short, but I do want to use your time and value it accordingly, uh, Pastor. Any closing thoughts that you had, maybe before? I was hoping to lead us out in prayer, but if you wanted to, I'd be happy to let you do that as well. No, I'd be honored to do that and appreciate uh, the work that goes into this and all the time. And, of course, we're 
living a day where there's more and more podcasts coming on, which is a great thing. Hey, yeah. we need more Pentecostal podcasts, more I true agree. podcasts out there. True. And so I'll, I'll pray for this podcast success and for those that are listening, uh, that God would help them and, and be a blessing to them. So, Amen. Jesus, we thank you for our time together, for everything you're doing through this. God, that you would touch these men. You'd give them wisdom, that you would open the doors and open the radios, however this needs to be transmitted. You would bless those that would listen. You encourage them. You would strengthen them. We thank you for truth, God, and help us to defend it and help us to love and serve you. And God, we pray you bless and touch our families. We need you in the middle of everything that we do and especially in our families. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Everybody Ought to Know. And remember, in a world that's focused on itself, please take some time this week. Focus on Jesus.